I think you're really going to like this episode of STEM. Insider tips for greenhouse pros. I'm Bill Calkins. In this episode, we're going to talk with Susan Yoder about an organization dedicated to our industry that's working hard to engage our next generations of professionals and inspire them to pursue careers in horticulture. This is a mission we should all share and perhaps a movement we should all support. Susan is the executive director of Seed Your Future, a national initiative to promote horticulture as a vital, viable, and exciting career path for the nation's youth. They envision a world where every U.S. student knows the meaning and importance of horticulture and want the next generation of leaders in this invaluable field poised to fill the wealth of job opportunities available to them. Their stated vision is, We envision a U.S. where everyone understands and values the importance of plants and the people who work in the art, science, technology, and business of horticulture. I think this is something we should all support. In this episode, we're going to learn more about Seed Your Future and the different groups they're impacting already, and also some of the background that led to its creation. Susan and I end the discussion talking about some of the near-term plans and how everyone in the industry can get involved. You will want to listen all the way to the end. But first, Connect Four where we take a look at four messages lining up to support one key industry topic. There's nothing more popular in horticulture these days than pollinator plants. Thanks in part to big national programs like the Million Pollinator Garden Challenge, Bee Friendly Farming, the Pollinator Partnership, and many, many local and regional efforts to restore natural habitats for pollinators like bees, butterflies, hummingbirds, and tons of other species, this area of horticulture is top of mind. And not only is it good for our pollinator friends, but also for our ability to impact and inspire new or existing customers and ultimately grow the industry. I'll put links to some of the programs out there in the show notes and also encourage you to dedicate space on your wholesale availability list or retail store to a pollinator collection. Don't expect your customers, wholesale or retail, to put a program together on their own. So when you're planning production for the next spring and summer, Here are four amazing new pollinator-friendly plants to add to the mix. All of these were introduced in the past one or two years and all have clear pollinator-attracting attributes and have shown to be pollinator magnets. So let's start with the biggest, Salvia Big Bloom from Pan American Seed. This seed-raised salvia grows 24 to 36 inches tall and 18 to 24 inches wide. It's definitely for landscapes or very large containers. Big Blue is a great performer in heat and low water conditions and is very low maintenance because the plant does not need deadheading. Hummingbirds, bees, butterflies, and more flock to Big Blue in the garden and it's at its best in full sun, but it'll tolerate dappled shade or partial sun as well. Growers, be sure to follow Pan American's cultural recommendations because, as its name suggests, it's big. I'll put a link to those in the show notes. Next, One of my absolute favorite introductions from the past few years, Skyscraper Salvia from Selecta One. Available in orange, pink, and dark purple, this tender perennial extends your shipping and selling season because it's great for late spring to fall sales. It features large blooms that last longer and are better branching than many other salvias, as well as a nice medium vigor and rounded habit. Its sturdy stems make it ideal for shipping and transporting home from the garden center, and it also means it holds up a long time in all sorts of conditions. The big blooms are magnets for bees and butterflies, and the colors make it super decorative as well. It'll grow as tall as 2 feet in the garden and maybe 16 to 18 inches wide, so it's certainly manageable. 
Third, all of the little lucky lantanas from ball flora plant. Pollinators love lantana, that's a fact, and all the new breeding has resulted in a fun color range. Little Lucky is a breakthrough series for growers because they can be grown pot tight with few to no PGRs, and they're earlier than other compact lantana. That's three wins. Well, the fourth win comes in the garden, where they perform amazingly well and attract pollinators all day long. There are seven colors in the series, and my favorites are pink and orange. The final chip in our game of Pollinator Plant Connect 4 is Bee Bold Biddens, also from Ball Flora Plant. I chose to talk about this one versus its partner, Bee Alive, simply because it's bigger. In fact, it's 50-70% to 70% more vigorous. Bee Bold features an upright habit, unlike all other red-colored biddens on the market, and for growers that means the plants can be grown closer together with less spacing, and they're easier to control with fewer PGRs. This is hands down the best new biddens for larger pots, resulting in impulse sales. The name clearly positions it as a pollinator, and I guarantee your wholesale and retail customers will love this new intro, and bees and butterflies will love it more. Now that we've talked about ways to inspire today's shoppers with pollinators, let's transition slightly to inspiring new industry members and future Hort pros through a wonderful new organization with a mission we can all support and share called Seed Your Future. It's my pleasure to welcome Susan Yoder to STEM. Susan is the Executive Director of Seed Your Future, the national movement to promote horticulture and encourage more young people to pursue careers working with plants. She joined Seed Your Future in September 2016 and brings with her more than 25 years of experience working with nonprofit organizations. For most of her career, she has worked with organizations that focus on youth development and providing children, youth, and families with opportunities to grow and thrive. She's passionate about the outdoors and the positive impact it can have on physical and emotional health. She's also dedicated to finding more opportunities to move the traditional classroom outside thus providing youth with the opportunity to learn about and in the natural world. An avid outdoors woman and gardener, her personal motto is, think outside, no box required. Susan, welcome to STEM. Thank you, Bill. I'm excited to be here to share the Seed Your Future movement with your listeners, and I am one of your listeners as well. Oh, that's great to hear. I like it when people people listen, then they sort of have a feel for how the, the podcast is going to go. So cool. I know we've got uh, a lot to cover here in 30 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and jump right into the deep end of the pool. And first of all, your the Seed Your Future mission, which I really like, is to promote horticulture and inspire people to pursue careers working with plants. Obviously, I'm a hort guy. I've been in the industry for a while. So I'm immediately on board, but I do need to ask, why now? Like, what led to the action of creating a nonprofit to work toward this goal? Such a great question. You know, really, we are living in such a time of disconnection with plants. Plants are everywhere, but not on the minds of most people, at least not most people who aren't horticulturalists. You know, people don't see the plants in the world around them. That whole plant blindness phenomenon has really taken hold, especially with youth. So it was really four years ago that Seed Your Future started the concept 
It was at a horticulture conference. There were folks that were together talking about how difficult it was to get qualified candidates for their open jobs. There were folks there from colleges and universities who were talking about declining enrollment in their programs. So they envisioned really the world. Is there something we can do where people truly appreciate the importance of plants in our world and people who are working in horticulture? They said, wow, you know, to be able to do this, we're going to have to get together as a movement across the entire industry to see what we can do together. And that's what really led to the beginnings of the Seed Your Future movement. That's fascinating. You know, I love the fact that there are multiple sides of the industry involved. I mean, you talked about <laughs> allied trades, colleges and universities, and, and you're right. I mean, it is about appreciation and how we as an industry can, I mean, I, I guess, ex, you know, extend that appreciation out and, and use that to, to uh, inspire others. Um, I saw a statistic in one of the infographics uh, that you guys produced that really, that really kind of stuck with me. It said 0% of middle schoolers surveyed had heard the word horticulture. And I know it's sort of an industry term. It is fairly technical, but it, I mean, is this true? And what, is, what does this mean for the industry? Yes, it's astonishing, and it's true. And it isn't even just 0%. It's literally zero zero kids in our focus group. So before Seed Your Future really launched into making plans and doing something about this issue, we wanted to have a foundation of research first to find out you know, just what is at hand here? So we did three phases of research. One was with the industry to really confirm, is this workforce gap an issue? Which, yes, it is. Uh, we did a second phase that was with the general public. We wanted to find out what are their attitudes about horticulture? What do they know or think about careers working with plants? And the final phase, which is the one that uh, is the stat that you're talking about, is we did focus groups with middle schoolers, their teachers, their guidance counselors, and their parents, and we asked them about horticulture. And yes, not a single kid knew the word horticulture. Now, once we told them what horticulture was, uh, you know, told them about what plants were about, we told them what the jobs were all about, kids were really great. They're like, oh, well, that word is just weird. Stop <laughs> using that word. And really for us, what what turned out to be a terrific outcome from the focus groups is we had the kids give us alternative words. We asked them for kind of a library of words and phrases that would resonate today. So we're using a lot of those words uh, within the movement. But yes, horticulture is, a. Uh, uh, some kids said it's, it's weird and sounds kind of naughty. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, I have a, I have a daughter who's approaching middle school and when she tells her friends what I do, she says, dad sells flowers, mm -hmm. which, you know, and, and sometimes the parents look at me like, you're a florist, like you do mail order, you know, these are, you know, these are career folks and they just, you know, they wonder. And when I start explaining, they, they get excited. And, oh my gosh, because everybody buys plants at some, well, a lot of people buy plants, certainly folks that I'm talking to. So what are a couple of the alternative words that, that maybe I can use and that these uh, middle schoolers threw out to you guys? 
Oh, absolutely. It really was about being resonant. So as an example, um, we said, replace the word horticulture. Kids said, well, we like plantology. (laughs) You know, ology is really big in today's world. And, you know, that one resonates. They said, really talk about plants. And when we asked them for career names, one of the best that I just love the most, we were talking about what arborists do with trees. And kids said, wow, you know, I, I, I get it, but it doesn't sound really cool. So they, they coined the phrase urban lumberjack uh, for people who are working in, in cities with trees. So th- that's just a couple of them. We have a whole library of them <laughs> that we've been starting to integrate into what we talk about. But it really is about finding the ones that resonate with today's kids. So, you know, ask your own kids uh, to rename you. I think that would be excellent. Ask your kids to give you a new name. Cool. Well, I will. And and as of now, it is Dad Sells Flowers, which I'm totally fine with because flowers make everybody smile. And no matter who they tell, that person always sort of smiles. I don't know if they're making fun mm-hmm. of me, but usually I think they just think of flowers, think of something bright and colorful. I love it. So can you tell me a little bit about your background and why you're so passionate about Seed Your Future? I know that, I mean, I've seen you present, you know, at different industry events, read your blog posts, are very passionate. I know you really stand behind this cause. You're the executive director, but it kind of seems like more than a job. Definitely is more than a job. I've spent my career working mostly with nonprofit organizations that are focused on youth development and ultimately getting more kids and families outside. I'm really, really passionate that children have the opportunity to learn about and in the outdoors. And what really drew me to Seed Your Future was this connection with the idea of um, nature being really important in our lives, but the message that this is a career that's looking for workers. And I think that's really important for families today. You can talk about the physical and mental health benefits of being in the outdoors, but for families to be able to know, wow, there is a really cool future for my children and knowing that there are careers waiting out there, that there's an industry that has such a workforce gap. I got really passionate about that when I first heard about Seed Your Future. So for me, it it really resonated. I graduated from a high school that had no windows in classrooms, hallways, or the lunchroom, literally anywhere. And I knew that time outside was really precious. And it was really only as an adult that I grew into being an avid gardener and outdoors woman. And, And ultimately for me, my own personal motto, by the way, is think outside, no box required. So how perfect for Seed Your Future. Oh, that that completely works. I think, oh my gosh, you've hit on so many of my own personal mission type things. I don't want to take this in a whole other direction. I feel like we could talk for an hour about the importance (laughs) of nature. I love learning about and in the outdoors. I mean, this is something I'm super passionate about. But back to the matter at hand, I can't, we can't get distracted. (laughs) What age students are we talking about when it comes to the programming and resources that Seed Your Future provides? I mean, from what I've seen with my own kids, they're a little bit younger. um, But, you know, it seems like horticultural curriculum ends either in middle school or before middle school. There's a lot in third grade, I've noticed, you know, even part of the curriculum. But, you know, how does, uh, what age are you talking about when it comes to really influencing and impacting? 
Well, we had a real challenge to decide where do you start? There's so many things we could do to tackle this issue of plant blindness and appreciation for careers. So we decided to start our campaign first with middle schoolers. Um, Our research showed us that that's really an important time when kids start thinking about what they want to do with their lives. And in fact, it is true that in most schools in America, it's third grade, actually, that they stop talking about plant-based concepts and switch over to animals and human biology. So we wanted to start with that middle school environment, not just the kids, but also the adults in their lives. We call it Bloom. We just launched it in April. Uh, Three months into it, we have a lot of really cool youth-focused inside and outside the classroom Uh, resources for all those adults and kids' lives, but for the kids as well. So middle school seems to be the sweet spot for us right now. We call Bloom the movement to improve the world through the power of plants. Wow, that's awesome. And full disclosure, my wife is a middle school science and math teacher, so she doesn't always listen to STEM podcasts because they're very (laughs) industry-focused, but I'm definitely going to encourage her to listen to this one because I know there's ways that that she can include a lot of these resources into her curriculum as well. So can you go into a little bit more detail about Bloom? I've seen videos on social media about people's plant power. It's really cool. Um, what is what is Bloom really all about? And maybe a little bit about the details of, of it. Yes, absolutely. Well, kids and teachers were really clear with us when we had those focus groups. Teachers said, don't give us more curriculum. (laughs) We already have curriculum. We have things we're required to do. But what you can do is give us lesson plans and activities so that we can integrate talking about plants and plant careers, ultimately, with kids, with things that we're already starting to do or required to do in the classroom. So we partnered with Scholastic for that piece of this campaign, which is to figure out what are those tools that teachers and out-of-school time youth program leaders need to be able to talk with kids. So that's kind of the first piece of it, um, is all of the great lesson plans, ideas, tools that are available at scholastic.com bloom. But the second piece, and this, this part um, was really fun to put together. Kids were so clear with us. They said, don't talk to us. Don't lecture to us. You know, we we get what you want to tell us a little bit about these careers, but what you need to do is do videos. You need to have cool videos of people who are young and fun in those careers who are talking about how awesome their job is. So we really took that to heart and we we put together actually a separate youth-focused microsite. So when you go to wearebloom.org, it is completely youth-focused. It's separate from our Seed Your Future website, which is kind of that adult-facing, you know, repository of information that's really speaking to the adult audience. So, you know, besides videos, kids said we want to do fun things and we want things that are connected with what we already care about today. So this plant power uh, thing that you're talking about, it starts first with a little quiz. Uh, We all love online quizzes uh, to be able to figure out what's your plant power. And kids uh, and adults, by the way, who complete the quiz, answer just a couple 
couple of questions, and then there's a lot of different personas that um, can be the outcome of their quiz results. And it, it then connects what they're already interested in to a career. So if there's a kid, for example, who really loves fashion, uh, they, they hadn't necessarily thought about how plants are connected to the fashion world. So we have a lot of new things behind that, including some videos that show, wow, did you know the hidden world of plants? Plants are really critical to the fashion industry. Uh, you know, we'll talk about how that connects to then there are careers working in that arena. And we started first with just 23 different videos, but we'll be doing a lot more over time. So it's really, you know, we could talk about it forever, but at the end of the day, it's really about meeting kids where they are right now and connecting plants with what they're already interested in. That makes, makes a lot of sense. I know that um, certainly YouTube stars are all the rage with kids that age and, and seeing real people talking about their uh, their careers and their plant powers sounds like it would really resonate. And then the tools, um, I mean, partnering with Scholastic must have been a, a really big step in the development of Bloom. Um, how, how exactly do you guys partner with Scholastic? It really is critical to being able to help reach teachers in the classroom. Scholastic reaches almost 100% mm -hmm. of the teachers in America. So our partnership is we work together. They are the experts on what's the curriculum that's required in middle schools. That's not our expertise. We're the, you know, we're the horticulturalists. <laughs> so we worked with them to create content that is along the lines of what they're already required uh, in their core curriculum with lesson plans and activities and an online learning module and then materials that reach right into the classroom. We started with classroom kits and um, a student magazine that went right into the classrooms uh, bundled with Science World magazine, if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. But we also made it, and this is really, I think, an important part of the movement as well. We made everything free and downloadable online because we know that lots of other adults reach children's lives out of school time programs, which is my background. We wanted them to have the same materials. So with Scholastic's partnership, everything that we've created is online at scholastic.com slash bloom. And, you know, the exciting, you know, data point to share with you right now is three months into the launch of Bloom, we've already reached three quarters of a million children with the school, the Scholastic materials. So we're really jazzed about what's going to come next with that. For sure, and I will put the links to the Scholastic, um, scholastic.com slash bloom, the wearebloom.org, the online quiz. I'll put all that in the show notes um, for listeners who want to dig a little bit deeper. I think that you know all of us interact in some way with an educator or, like you said, a person um, who, who runs a before or after school program. Um, I love the fact that it's not, it's not new curriculum. It's things that can fit into existing uh, lessons. So I will make sure to put all those uh, links in the show notes. Please, listeners, share um, share with with anyone you know uh, that can benefit from it. So, how does Seed Your Future help? So I, I know that we've talked a little bit about middle school students. I also saw on your website um, that you had a, a list of horticultural departments at universities, I believe. How does Seed Your Future help prospective horticulture students find opportunities um, or at least you know, pursue additional education that will help them uh, you know, prepare for a career with plants when, once they get excited about it? Yeah, so we, we knew from talking with parents 
as well as kids and guidance counselors, that they were looking for a tool that, you know, if you do have a young person who's interested in something related to plant careers, there needed to be one place, kind of a clearinghouse of information so that they can go out and figure out more about what they want to do. So on the Seed Your Future website, I'll, I'll tell you what's currently there and then what's coming. Currently on the website, we have a really robust list of um, all of the two and four year programs across America that are um, either straight up horticulture departments or programs that have something to do with plant-based careers. So we have uh, folks who do two-year programs in uh, community colleges that are maybe unique to just landscape or just irrigation or, or some other um piece of horticulture. We've tried to be absolutely as inclusive as possible. But the piece that's coming here in um, late 2018 that I think your listeners will be excited about is this whole world of other career training opportunities that don't require two or four year degrees. We know that across horticulture, there's excellent jobs that maybe you need a certification or a training to do. You don't need college. And, and parents really were clear with us. They didn't want us to only talk about careers that are college uh, track. So we'll, we're right now in the midst of creating that third piece on our website that is all those jobs of certification, training, apprenticeships. So it can be our hope of kind of a one-stop shop of anything uh, that's related to the horticulture industry, training, how do you do it, where do you go, and connecting people then with those institutions that can help young people and their parents pursue finding out more information. You know, especially today, I think with you know, the, the emergence of the quote side hustle, right? It's like everyone had, you know, a lot, a lot of young people don't want to be, you know, a lot of people of all ages don't want to be tied into one job, 50, 60 hours a week. They want to have some flexibility and have sort of multiple careers or multiple, you know, work going on at a time. It makes sense that, that, um, that other career training that doesn't require a two to four year degree would, would, would be really popular right now. Absolutely. And then another thing you said is, you know, it's almost the, the the flip side of that is that young kids are planning ahead a lot more than I certain I certainly did, and I think a lot of us did. When they're in middle school, they're already thinking about their career and working toward it. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's definitely something we could debate in a different podcast. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think that that having those resources and being able to, as a middle schooler early in your high school career, look ahead at, you know, where, where might I go to pursue higher education when it comes to this, you know, horticulture that I become passionate about. That's a great uh, set of resources that you guys are offering. Thank you. Yes. And another piece that kind of caused us to create that was when we were talking with guidance counselors. Uh, you know, it's not like the guidance counselors of my day where they kind of reached in their drawer and pulled out a pamphlet <laughs> about something. In fact, guidance counselors told us that they spend most of their time nowadays dealing with social and emotional support issues, and they don't have as much time to be able to think about career counseling. So we really want to help fill that gap. That makes, makes total sense. So earlier I referenced that statistic about middle schoolers um, not recognizing the term horticulture. I want to spin this on, on a little bit more of a positive uh, statistic or in, in the same infographic that I saw that said 76% of youth today strongly believe that issues like climate change can be solved if action is taken now. So that got me excited. So, But I guess why is this relevant to the horticulture industry and why should 
everyone would be excited to, to hear and see this kind of data. Yeah, I mean, it really is exciting because what career could impact all of those issues more directly than horticulture jobs? So it tells us that we have a, a huge awareness issue. So if kids as they did tell us that they're interested in helping change the world for better. They talked about being worried about water quality. They they wanted to feed the the growing world and they didn't know how to do that. They they talk about pollinators. They understand some of those issues that are all related to the health of the planet. And we know that horticulturalists are key to solving those problems through plants. So for us, this is a really amazing opportunity for the industry, not just the Seed Your Future movement. If you think back to our very first um, research that we did, which was with the industry, when we were asking them about the issues that are, are difficult for them today, yes, workforce development was one of them, but we also asked them to give us their own words and phrases about why they are in horticulture. So we have this whole library of reasons that you know people like you told us why you do what you do. So if you can imagine, we have that whole list. It fits so well with what kids say they're interested in. So we're trying to put those two together and show kids, yeah, if you are concerned about the future of the world and you want to make an impact, here's these great jobs that are flexible and can really make a difference today. So for us, that's why it's so exciting. It's just opening their eyes to, yes, if you're concerned about climate change issues, here's some great jobs that you can, you can uh, think about pursuing that will help solve those issues today. You know, it makes me think my I have a I have a third grader as well, and she is an aspiring uh, bug scientist. That's what she calls herself, and that really is all about the flowers and plants in our yard. I mean, she wouldn't have gotten excited about bugs if they weren't all over the pollinator plants. And you mm-hmm. know, I, I I love what you said about water quality, feeding the world, being involved in in pollinators and all sorts of uh, you know insect science. You're right, horticulture is the key. And we don't talk about that as enough as an industry. So I think it's great to have an advocate like Seed Your Future that's going to help get those messages out. We sometimes short sell ourselves, I think. I think we do. And, and we need a little bit of creativity as well. So just one example is, you know, kids, many kids told us they're interested in technology and they don't have any interest in plants. So buying us, by us being able to show them how important technology is in the world of horticulture, getting them jazzed about robotics and drones they're like, oh, I didn't know that I could connect my love of technology with jobs in the plant world. So, you know, we took to heart. We're not using the word horticulture. We talk (laughs) about the world of plant jobs. So whether they're interested in technology or art, you know, when we open their eyes to the world of jobs, uh, hashtag future green collars, what we've been (laughs) using to try and connect what they're already interested in to, wow, there is a really cool job connected with that in in plants wow and that covers a lot from technology to art um so i i do need to ask you while we're talking i've been in the industry for a while i've seen some programs come and go some organizations come and go some struggle to remain relevant a lot of them are founded on fantastic causes with industry backing but you know some have taken hold and become respected some haven't what is it about seed your future that should give the industry confidence in their investment of time or talent. You know, I think that, you know, there there's not a surplus of time these days, but 
I certainly know a lot of people in the industry that are that are very interested in giving back and growing the industry and concerned about finding future workforce and and all these things that Seed Your Future does. Why do you think why is Seed Your Future you know a, a good cause or organization for them to take to take part in or take notice of? I think that's a, such a fair question, Bill. Movements truly are made or lost by the relevancy of their issue, but also the involvement of large groups of people. You know, Seed Your Future does represent the entire horticulture industry and allied organizations that are related to it, but we have taken to heart what has happened with other movements that have been brought down by things like too much bureaucracy, Mm -hmm. spending too much time developing this whole bureaucracy behind things. We're very lean. I'm the only employee of Seed Your Future. We have hundreds of very dedicated volunteers. However, I think a bigger issue is what is helping this movement. And that's while we talk about the impact of the industry and what will happen if we don't have a pipeline of workforce, the piece that I think is very helpful for us is this is a much bigger issue for, honestly, the future of the planet. And being able to show that, you know, without horticulturalists who are the ones that are working on food that is, you know, safe and nutritious, uh, without people who are working on that next cure for, for the diseases that are out there, solving those biggest world problems we were talking about earlier, environmental issues, pollution, drought, clean water, climate change, all of that together is what adds, in my opinion, this movement, that level of something that isn't just industry specific, you know, the future of our industry that often that's what organizations do. It's just about protecting our our industry, our livelihood. It truly is this bigger message about, you know what, if we do nothing, here is what's going to happen. And we don't want to take the negative approach. We really do want to take the positive approach of showing how everything from, um, you know, making playing fields safer for athletes require horticulturalists to having flowers in our lives and how that improves our physical and mental health. So it, it's really that extra special thing that I personally believe makes this movement set up for success and not, um, as you said, the way of so many other things that people try being brought down. You know, I, two of the things you said jump out at me. It's the inclusiveness of all different aspects of the industry, even aspects that, that you know, I, I certainly don't always think of. Um, but then also having big picture goals. I think um, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't tie it down to one part of the industry or even just our industry. It's including all sorts of uh, of other folks and professions and missions right into it. So thank you for that explanation. Um, I think that that'll that'll mean a lot to the listeners. So we've talked a lot about building the industry for the future, um, looking to the future. Middle schoolers certainly, you know, that is a, a future-thinking approach. And I know the organization's focused on attracting and inspiring new workers. But what are some of the actionable steps or tactics that our listeners, who are primarily professional horticulturalists, can put in place today for their current teams and businesses? The number one thing they can do today is tell their stories. Listen to what kids told us and talk about their jobs. Talk about why it is so awesome to work in a greenhouse. What is it 
that makes them passionate about their jobs. Use their own voices. Because kids were also really clear, by the way, they didn't like slick videos. They wanted <laughs> real people. So tell their stories. If you don't have social media, if you're an organization that isn't using that, you need to do that. You need to get online. You need to do some videos. If you don't feel comfortable with that, talk to your youngest employees or even your kids or your nephews or you know random neighbors. Have them talk with you and to give you advice about how to talk about your your uh, jobs in a way that's really re- relevant today. Take photos with hashtag I love my plant job. That's another initiative we've been working on. Kids and families need to see people who are in the jobs, doing the jobs, loving the work. And by the way, they need to see people who look like them. So that's really important in today's world too, that they show that these jobs are for anyone. So that's really the number one thing. We have a lot of other things uh, they can get involved with. If you go to wearebloom.org slash part Lots of things they can utilize, print out an infographic, for example, on the wonderful world of horticulture and put it up at their facility so everybody could see it. So lots and lots of ideas, but let's uh, let's start with those today. I like it. You know, I think that's something any one of us can do. Talk about your job. Talk about you. I mean, we're all passionate about what we do. Um, yeah, share it on social media. Hashtag I love my plant job. And uh, that's something you can you can type into search engines on social media and see what other folks are doing, too, as well. So how about the near future? What are some of the current projects that Seed Your Future has on your, you know, what's on your to-do list? And maybe any goals for the next year or two? You said you've been around for four years and really actively, you know, I've seen you out at events really talking, you know, heavily about, Seed your future for the last couple of years. What's uh, what's on the roster for the next year? Or so? so in the very near future, we're really uh, focusing on the back to school time. We reached 770,000 students in the spring after Bloom. So this fall, a whole refresh of materials for inside and outside of the classroom, being able to reach double and triple those students within this fall. Uh, we have another student contest which we haven't talked about on this podcast, hmm. but I encourage people uh, to go to our website to check it out where kids actually get to participate in creating their own plant hybrid. We're having another one of those this fall launched in October. So there's a lot of those things in the works, but I think maybe for your listeners, it's important that they know that was our first audience campaign, middle schoolers, and we're continuing in that area. But we're going to start our second audience now, which is focused on college and universities. So a lot behind that, including starting first, we're right in the middle of a refreshed enrollment um, study. We did one back in 2013 to find out what are the enrollment numbers across the country, and then building resources and um, best practices behind that. So lots to come, and maybe we can talk about that in a future podcast. Absolutely. And I, I, I definitely know that, that there's a lot of attention from the industry on the colleges and universities. Who's going into horticulture? Who's coming out? Are they employable? What are their areas of interest? So I know that that's going to be, a, you know, in terms of your second audience, that's going to be huge. Um, I will put a link to that student contest information in the show notes as well. Uh, creating a plant hybrid. That's uh, that's awesome. I want to I do it, too. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's really so, great. <laughs> So what have we missed? I know it's it's just about time to wrap up, but I, I know there's more to share. You guys have so much going on. Every time I go to your website, I feel like there's more 
you know, there's a little bit more depth. There's a new piece to it that I that I wasn't even aware of. Are there any last uh, bits of information you want to share with the with the listeners? Thank you. Yes, there is so much to cover, but one I think maybe you're interested or your listeners will be interested in that just has emerged. I got really jazzed about it. Something that happened at the Cultivate uh, 18 conference this year. We were talking with some young professionals about what could their employers do to help attract and keep employees who are in entry-level positions. And what came from that is some focus groups that we're going to start that are going to help collect those promising practices. And what, what I got really jazzed about was, as an example, one young woman was talking about at her greenhouse, one of the incentives that her employer put together, it was kind of one of those competitions every every week of, you know, how many things you plant or how many plugs or how many X you do. They had always had, you know, interesting prizes, but nothing really uh, remarkable until they switched to having uh, prizes incentives that offset their personal budget. And we started to have a conversation about that, especially with entry level, perhaps lower paying jobs. What are those promising practices? So in this particular case, their incentive was a gasoline card for $100, which is really impactful on your personal budget. So we want to explore more with that. And we're going to find out some really interesting things to helpfully um, create these promising practices that we can share with the industry. So more on that if you'd like to talk about it next time. Excellent. Um, I, I, I love it. I know that's something you really got passionate about. It's something that, that we might overlook as an industry, but certainly uh, something we're going to benefit from when you put those practices together. Thank you. So what can uh, people do, the listeners do, to get involved? And how can they reach you for more information? Are there any specific landing pages on your website they need to jump into? Um, even donations, if they want to donate to Seed Your Future. I'll make sure to include the links in the show notes, but you know, how, how can they reach out and get in touch most easily? Yeah, most easily, you know, two ways if they if they are comfortable on the web, seedyourfuture.org slash get involved. There's two simple links there. One is to find out what are our volunteer opportunities. And we have a myriad of opportunities because we're really committed to being able to match people's interest and time available with opportunities uh, within the movement, whether it's a one-time thing like a focus group or something that's a little bit longer commitment like some of our committees and the leadership cabinet. So we want to just talk with them. So simply, you know, they can email me, syoder at seedyourfuture.org. And if they don't like technology at all, they can call me up on the phone. And if you want to put our phone number uh, in your call notes, that would be great. We'll answer the phone and talk with them personally. Excellent. Um, yeah. And, and like I said, I'm going to put a lot of these links in the show notes. Um, just you guys have so much going on. Thank you so much, Susan. And for STEM listeners, definitely Take some time to learn more about this amazing organization. Watch the trade media. These guys are all over the trade media. They're all over the industry events, and you're going to see updates, all these new uh, projects and programs that Susan talked about. Connect um, connect with them in any way that, that makes sense to you. If we want to stabilize our future and keep the industry strong and growing and impact the bigger picture issues that we talked about, from water quality to feeding the world, technology, making it an artistic uh, thing out of horticulture. It's going to take all of us working together and promoting what we do. And Seed Your Future is building the platform to do just that.
Thanks so much for listening to STEM, insider tips for greenhouse pros. I'm Bill Calkins. You can always reach me by email at bcalkins at ballhort.com. B-C-A-L-K-I-N-S at B-A-L-L-H-O-R-T dot com. Or on Twitter at Bill Calkins. Be sure to follow Ball Seed on LinkedIn for tons of B2B content related to STEM topics, timely technical tips, and more. And check out the show notes for links to even more content related to this episode, including links to We Are Bloom resources, how to get involved with Seed Your Future, and much more. Let's end this episode with a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt that seems very relevant to the mission of Seed Your Future. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams.